Hello, this is Pastor Galen from the First Nazarene Church in Chicago, and welcome to our podcast. Hey, before we hear the message today, I simply wanted to say that no matter where you're at, we're glad that you're listening today. We hope this message will inspire you, instruct you, and help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. And if you live in the Chicagoland area, maybe this is the first step for you joining us in person sometime. Or if you want to, you can always check out our online live services every Sunday on our website at firstnaz.cc. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the message. It is a privilege to be able to share with you this morning. Uh, man, coming off of two weeks of incredible service, as you heard from Pastor Hunter on forgiveness, and then last week as Pastor Galen preached about the power and importance of prayer. On Tuesday, I met with Pastor Phil, and uh, we had started our meeting off, as we typically do, going over some stuff about rec, but I was like, man, can you believe how many prayer requests came through this last Sunday? It was 27 to be exact on the Connect card, and then a variety that came through through the week. And I want to encourage you uh, to continue to do that. That was huge for me. I always enjoy come Monday or Tuesday whenever Stephanie in the office gets that to us, praying for those needs. But at any point during the service, at the start, at the end, maybe you get home and you're like, oh man, I should have put this down. I encourage you to use the app. Uh, Please fill those out in the Connect card and let us know what God is doing in your life and how we can partner with you in prayer. That was such a a moment of encouragement for me uh, to be able to do that. I know God is in the presence when you, the congregation, are singing louder than the band. And I know Dave was up there probably trying to bump the sound up. You guys were killing it this morning. Thank you so much for engaging in worship. It it really makes our time together that much more important and that much more special. Um, I, I can't be the only person in this room that would be honest and say that none of us like to lose. Is that fair? Is that a fair assessment? For those that are joining us online, again, if you're ever not here and you still want to worship with you, with us, firstnaz.cc slash live. You can type in the chat. You can connect with our host. It's a place for you to connect and just engage during the service. But I guarantee you people at home are probably like, yeah, no, me either. I don't like to lose. It's just, uh, it's just who I am. But I'm from Cleveland, so I know a lot about losing, especially getting to championships or World Series and then still losing. We've got Got one in the Cavs in 2016. That was a great day. Um, but life isn't always about winning and losing. But when you have two little girls, game companies create games that are just based on chance. And it's hard for a non-competitive dad to win. And that's really frustrating. Two games that are popular are Shoots and Ladders and Candyland. And both of those involve no skill at all. And it is so frustrating. It even got to the point this week, it was super nice outside, so we decided to build our own drive driveway, shoots and ladders, and I'm the one that designed the ladders and the slides and everything, and here I am like four spaces away, and I spin the three, and I land, and I have to take it all the way down, and I just, I can count on a hand how many times that we've played those type of games, and I've lost. You'll be getting to the close to the end of the game, Candyland, and inside this deck of cards are these 
specific characters that if you land in them, you can either advance or if you're lucky enough to be like me, you find yourself all the way back because of that dumb plum character and you're back on space five out of 200 or whatever it is. And it is so frustrating. And the excitement my girls get from beating their dad, we bowled last night and my daughters beat me. They also used bumpers, so that wasn't fair. Uh, but I lost my girls at bowling. So it's been a, it's been a rough, rough time for me. But, but I hope that today each and every one of us leaves encouraged. I know that I was, as I was writing today's sermon, I found myself kind of really thinking about what it's like to lose your voice. Uh, I know for each and every one of us, uh, our voice is important. How you communicate and what you communicate is key, but we're also surrounded by countless amounts of noise. The world that we live in is full of just empty air, just things that are there that have real no value for each and every one of us, but it's, it's there to fill the void. And something happened. Maybe I'm getting old, but my wife and I used to always fall asleep with a TV show on in the background. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's the noise of everyday life. When I, when I lay down in bed, it needs to be silent, quiet. Now, often the silence doesn't last very long as we have two girls who love to spend time with their parents in the middle of the night. Uh, so I dream about the days, but also hold tightly to these moments right now as a dad of spending time with my girls. But I dream of the day when they're 14 and they can go downstairs and pour a bowl of cereal and turn a show on or do whatever. Uh, but, but the silence, it doesn't last very long for me. And so when the moment comes and I have an opportunity to find some silence, uh, I, I try and do that. But here's the thing. Sometimes we get so caught up in the noise that we even fail to recognize that we are in the presence of it. It's just become our lifestyle. It's who we are. It's just the thing that we need to get us through whatever it is that we're going through. And these noises, the things that are speaking into our lives, oftentimes are just, like I shared, full of empty space. There's really nothing of value. There's nothing of positivity that can really do something for us. So what I'm trying to say is oftentimes we can be full of things that just exist, but really have no existence. The message behind our words really carry more than we might, what we might imagine. So that's my prayers today as we work through some scriptures, we spend our time together that each and every one of us, including myself, as I wrote the sermon, I was checked multiple times like... I'm not just preaching it, I'm, I'm living this out. The, the weight of what we say, how we say, when we say it, what, you know, who we're speaking to and what we're allowing to be spoken to us really cares, carries more of a weight than we might ever imagine. All of this to go to say that we know when we've lost our voice. We know it. And so I want to read to you from 2 Timothy verses four, or 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 through 5. And in, in these words, you, you'll read as Paul is writing to Timothy a letter of encouragement also, but a constant reminder for him to be like, okay, this is what you have to do. Enough is enough. Don't let whatever the world might tell you, don't let whatever thoughts you might believe about yourself be the things that um, kind of shape who you are, but enough is enough. And before I get into the scripture, I want to give you the opportunity today. If something happens and a thought crosses your mind and you think about your own voice and you think about maybe the things that have been spoken to you and you need to mentally check out for a minute, do it. 
You can always go back and watch the service over again. And, and I said the same thing in first service today, and I had an individual come up to me, and she said, you know, I got trapped today during service. And I was like, I don't know if the word trapped is the right word you're looking for, but you did exactly what I encouraged you to do. And so I encourage the same thing for you today. If something crosses your mind and you think about the weight of something that maybe you've shared or someone shared with you or an experience that you had that causes you today to just stop for a moment and find silence and ignore me so you can process whatever it is, and I encourage that. But I also encourage you to go back and listen to the rest of the service at a later time. But check this out. First, first Timothy, or Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 through 5. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind and in every situation, do not be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. See, Paul and these letters to Timothy is making it very clear. There's no room really left for interpretation. Paul says to use your voice and make it very clear to the people that you come into contact with the message that you are trying to share. And he starts off that by saying, preach the word of God. Now, do you realize that you do not have to be a pastor to preach the word of God? I pray that that's not the first time that you've heard that and how you preach the word of God and what you do can be seen and be heard and be made known to whoever you come into contact with by the way that we choose to share what we share, what we do, what we say. You too can preach the word of God. The example that you share can make a difference in the lives of the people that you come into contact with and the weight of your voice matters. Which leads me to ask the question, what are you saying? Have you ever had that conversation with someone and someone says something like, what are you even saying? I have no clue what you were just trying to communicate. And sometimes you ever ask yourself that question, what are you saying? Like, why would you go there? What caused you to get to that place? And today it might cause for a moment of self-reflection and self-reflection can oftentimes be a pretty uncomfortable place. And I'm okay with sometimes getting uncomfortable. I'm a pretty comfortable person and I can let things roll off and I'm good with it. But oftentimes there will come a moment when God checks us and we're like, Okay, I hear you. So I want to ask you this question. When you think about your voice, would you consider yourself to be someone who's positive, encouraging, uplifting, patient, helpful, and kind? Or would you find yourself maybe coming off as someone who might be negative or discouraging, unpleasant, angry, condescending, or hurtful? See, the weight of what we say is much more than we might think. And when you think about the life that we have and the investment, the time that we've been given to invest in the lives of the people that God entrusts us to, our neighbors, our coworkers, our family, our friends, the importance of the weight of our words makes a difference. And so when our attitudes move from that of good teaching, as we saw in verse, chapter, or in, in verse 2 of 2 Timothy 4, and move more towards self-defense, I think it's at this point that we really begin to start to lose our voice. And if you've ever physically lost your voice, has anyone lost their voice recently within the last two months? A few of you, it's hard to communicate. 
And then you'll text something or you'll write something down or you'll, you'll share something or you'll try and you know, physically share whatever needs to be said over the illness of whatever you're going through and it's, it's difficult. And oftentimes it's received in a different way. See, the thing is we get so accustomed to saying things in a certain way just because they're being received. But if you think about a package being sent, just because a package is sent doesn't mean that what was received was what was intended to be received. Maybe what was sent, the message that was sent, the the thing that we shared wasn't supposed to be shared in the first place. How we sent it, the contents of what we sent, maybe were that of which don't reflect a voice that is in tune with Christ. Oftentimes we'll go uh, periods of time failing to recognize that maybe we even lost our voice in the first place. And what we are preaching and what we are saying can oftentimes go unchecked because we're so focused on defending ourselves. And when our perspective isn't received, sometimes we speak louder. We speak more often. We say things that will grab the attention of an individual, of whoever it is that we're speaking to. Oftentimes, those moments are more hurtful than they are helpful. And again, I stand before you, not preaching at you, but sitting with you, because I too have had to live this out and to go through these moments of failure of when I've lost my voice and failed to recognize it. See, choosing what we say and when to say it might be my biggest weakness as a husband. And maybe you are with me in that same boat. Something will cross your mind and you think to yourself, probably shouldn't say it. But what happens is you find a way to shift it and shape it into a conversation. Maybe your spouse will come home and you realized that they haven't changed the toilet paper over or the laundry wasn't done or a promise that was made about getting something done wasn't taken care of and they come home and they share their own frustration of the day and the difficulty and you're standing there almost with like a laundry list of things, but oh yeah. And you think to yourself, should I say this? Probably not but I'm going to say it anyway. And so you, you factor it in the conversation. You find yourself, ultimately, you've now hurt this, this situation much more than a moment of grace. And I can't be the only one, hopefully, uh, in this room that has chosen to not use that moment of grace and experience those difficult moments. I find myself now, after 10 years of marriage, having to constantly remind myself that I need to offer the grace that I'm given way more than I deserve. See, choosing grace oftentimes isn't necessarily choosing the high road, but it's choosing to see the person and their flaws and know that they are willing to receive God's grace just as much as we are. It's important for us to realize that each and every one of us have our own flaws. And oftentimes the weight of our voice can change a conversation, can influence a relationship, can, cha- can take a moment of misunderstanding and frustration and anger and the weight of every other noise that we come into contact with the world and offer a moment where God can intervene and step in and work in each and every one of our lives. It's the importance of what we say and why we say it can help a situation instead of hurt it. See, in these times when we've lost our voice, it's important for us to remind ourselves. It's often followed by a time of listening. Maybe because you physically can't speak or maybe you've got to the point where you're like, yeah, I just said what I said and I probably shouldn't have said it, so I'm going to stop and listen. And see, Jesus saw this firsthand. And I love what he says in Matthew chapter 13, verses 13 through 15. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. 
In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will ever be hearing, but never understanding. You will ever be seeing, but never perceiving. For this, people's heart has become calloused, and they hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their ears, see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and turn. And I would heal them. See, people hear often what Paul refers to as good teaching, but yet still choose to ignore it. If you've ever had uh, an issue or a time in your life when you've communicated with someone and it almost feels like they're just putting their fingers in their ear and they're like, not going to listen. Or maybe you've got a toddler who has done that at some point in time and they're like, nope, just not going to listen, not going to do it. That's exactly how some people choose to drown it out. And if you have kids like me, (coughs) excuse me, they'll test your patience. And you have to remind yourself that you probably were a kid too and did the exact same thing that your kids are doing to you as well. I've got two little girls, and I love being a girl dad, especially when a time comes and we do manly stuff together. It was just the other week, and we were playing outside, and we love chalk. I love to write things on the sidewalk, and we like to play games. Um, But Hadley discovered one day after the rain that when you threw the chalk in the air or threw it on the ground, it was softened so it would explode. And I was all for it. It was cool. There was like explosions of chalk everywhere. And so as, as her little brain functioned, she thought the higher that I threw it, the bigger the spread. It would be awesome. However, she's five years old and not very accurate. And so I tried to move her away from the sidewalk into the driveway where there's a, a bigger target to hit. But she was so fixated on hitting the same spot in the sidewalk. And I sat down with her and I got down and face to face. And I'm like, Hadley. If the chalk goes in the road, it's done. Like, we just can't get it back. And so literally probably 30 seconds go by, and there she is, and she throws one up as high as she can, which wasn't very high to begin with. And there it goes, lands right in the road. And you want to look at your child and be like, told you so, but I just kind of stop for a minute and see what happens. And down the road comes an 08 Dodge Ram. And you could see it from a mile away. And she could see it from a mile away. And she looks at you like, I know I'm not supposed to go on the road, but what do I do? And that truck could have veered, I'm sure, or it probably didn't even see the chalk that was in the road, but it destroyed it. Ran it right over. It didn't even stand a chance. And again, as a dad doing manly stuff with her in that moment, I thought this was a great experience. Because not only is the chalk destroyed, but it is gone. Like, there's not even a remnant we can pick up and throw. And I thought she would be encouraged by that. And she turns to me with the saddest look on her face, says, it's broken. And I thought to myself, weren't we doing the exact same thing, but just at a smaller scale? But, but in her eyes, it, it completely took away the thing that we were trying to do. And I share that story with you because I know that you often are reminded of the times when people have shared with you good teaching, but maybe we've chosen to ignore it. Maybe you shared something with your child and now they're an older, maybe they're an adult, maybe they have their own kids, maybe they've fallen away from the Lord or a coworker that you know and you've tried to share good teaching with these individuals and they just choose not to hear it. Reminder, look what Paul said, 2 Timothy 4, see, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires. They will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after the myths. So similar to the question of what are you saying, I need to ask the question, what are you listening to? 
What are you listening to? What are you allowing for yourself to be influenced by? We've probably all been there before where we shape things that we do on our own minds to maybe make ourselves feel less and less guilty for whatever we're saying or doing. Or maybe you've told yourself a lie and now you start to believe that exact lie that is in your head about yourself or about another individual. See, if you've ever lost your voice, you've probably found yourself being forced to just listen. And while you can listen and find new ways to communicate, you're giving your voice a rest, which is key if you want each and every one of the moments and further conversations that you have to have progress. See, I think that if we're, we're going to gain something spiritual, it's something in this moment right now, where we understand that moments of silence are okay. I really contemplated by making the service really awkward and just like sitting on the floor and not saying anything. But I don't like to sit and I like noise, so I'm not going to do that for you. But practicing silence for your own life is key. See, in order for us to heal, we need to hear. In order for us to heal and hear, maybe we need to remove the things that's causing us to be silenced in the first place. Maybe it's turning the channel. Maybe it's unplugging something. Maybe it's deleting an app. Maybe it's separating yourself from a relationship that's hurting. Whatever the case might be, finding silence in the midst of noise, of, of just constant pressure that does nothing for you spiritually or nothing for you emotionally, but push you further and further away from the person that God created you to be, might cause for each and every one of us to find some silence. And I share that with you again because something happened in my life as an adult of that noise. I needed noise, but then now as an adult and as a father, I need silence when sleeping, no matter how long that period of time comes. And I'm sure that you've heard that constant classic phrase, garbage in, garbage out, but it is so true. It's so easy to be distracted by the noise or the voice of other people or maybe even like I shared, the, the voice of your own self to believe the things about yourself that are so far from the truth. See, when your voice or the voice of other people become louder than the truth from God about you, maybe it's time to seek some silence. And I will be the first to admit it. I'm the type of person that when times get tough, I'll work harder. When noises get louder, I find myself trying to be louder than whatever it is. But ultimately, you find yourself digging yourself into a deeper and deeper hole. And you find yourself alienated, wondering if anyone can even recognize that you're in this position, or even feeling like no one can get you through whatever that moment in time is. All of this to say, it's important for us to not forget that in the silence, in the moments of hearing and listening to God, he can provide healing. And so today I challenge you with this, to rediscover your voice. Maybe you feel like you've never even had a voice in the first place. Maybe as you look back at your life and you contemplate everything that you've ever experienced, it feels like you've done nothing but try and get the attention of other people and maybe even try and do something that feels like you have the attention of someone, ultimately to realize the things that you've communicated or the things that you've allowed to be communicated to you are nothing but noise. And today I want you to rediscover your voice. Paul in his letter to Timothy reminds us of this. He says, work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. See, the purpose of this verse isn't for just Timothy. It's for each and every one of us today. For each and every one of us, it gets personal. 
See, each and every one of you has a ministry. You have purpose. You have a role, and God has given that to you, but it's until we fully embrace that that we are given that opportunity to understand the importance and the weight of our voice. For some of us, that ministry is a spouse. For some of us, it's a teacher, a doctor, a custodian, a a stay-at-home mom. Whatever your role is, whatever your ministry is, it is valuable. And God understands you and God sees you. And God wants to equip you. And so rather than relying on the words that you feel like have been communicated to yourself or that you've believed about yourself, be reminded of what Jesus told those people. Be challenged by Paul's words to Timothy today. Live out the good news. Carry out the ministry that God has given you. Some of us today need to reconsider not just discovering our voice, but really our identity. See, the voice of maybe who you once were oftentimes will speak louder than the voice of who you can be. And today I want to challenge you to remind yourself that you are good. I want to share with you a story today of someone who lost more than just their voice. As a pastor, I've, I've been in ministry long enough to experience people who lose more than just the simple things. And I too have found myself in a moment where I've lost the things that I've loved, or I've alienated God and tried to be the voice of who I can be rather than allowing for God to speak through. And so today, as you hear the story, my challenge for you is not to hear me. And I pray that that's never the case whether it's myself or Pastor Galen, Pastor JM or Pastor Hunter or Pastor Phil, whoever God might lead to share on any given Sunday, that you would not hear us, but you would listen to what God might share for each and every one of you. It was a similar day as it was today. It was November, it was cold. Um, We had just received news that our sliding door in our minivan uh, was beyond repair and it was gonna be $800 to fix. Financially was a burden for us at that time. It was just a miserable November day. As I got into the office, I sat down and I looked at the laundry list of things that I had to get done and I just was overwhelmed, was discouraged. And a familiar voice came in. And it was a voice that I knew has experienced things in life that were difficult. And for a moment, I said, man, It's going to be a tough conversation for pastor. Shortly after talking to the the office staff, a knock came on my door and asked if I could meet with this individual. All the other pastors were gone. It was just me and the secretaries and this individual. And for the next 45 minutes, we unpacked the things that this person had gone through. They lost their voice. They lost their family. They lost everything physically took his wallet and keys and threw them into a lake. He was at that point when just nothing could satisfy the frustration that he was experiencing. And here I was, frustrated at life in general, but knew that God had given me an opportunity to speak words of encouragement to this individual. And as we finish up the session, he asks me, do you think you'd be able to, to give me some money and a ride to pay the locksmith $130? And embarrassing, I, I had none. But I said I would go with you. 
and we would pray and we would search. And I remembered as we were getting ready to leave and again, car was in the shop so we had to take the church van. I remembered at home, just previously the last Christmas, my, my in-laws had gotten me a metal detector. What a great hobby, discovering, searching for treasure. And you can see the picture here as we arrived at this lake. It's similar to a day like today. It's November, it's cold. In the bottom corner, you can see just the bottom foot of my metal detector. And before I even stepped foot in the water, I said to him, I'm not here to find anything, but I want God to do something in our lives today. I wanted this individual to know that even when it felt like everything was lost, he had someone to rely on. He had a church that cared about him. And that same message for him is the same message for you today. When it feels like you've lost your voice, when it feels like you've lost your identity, when it feels like you've lost everything and you've done everything to try and get out of whatever you've gone through, remind yourself that you have purpose, that you've been given a voice. So as I step out in the water, I had my knee-high muck boots on, and after 20 minutes of searching, I was so cold and frustrated, feeling like I can do it. As I stepped out of the water, there on the shore was his wallet. Whether it had blown in or my frantic searching to try and find it, there it was on the shore, and we picked it up and we celebrated and I said, I don't think God's done yet. And he said, no, I think God's done. We're, we got the wallet that's good enough. I can, I can now use my card to buy the key. Like, it's, it's good. But I wasn't done. And God wasn't done either. And as I searched through the mud and spent 25 minutes, as the day became more and more chilling, reached down after one more noise and felt in the mud what felt like keys. And as I brought him up to the surface, he stood there in disbelief. And I share with you that story today, not for my own personal gain, because there was nothing that I did in that moment other than be obedient, to allow for God to be a voice through me, to speak encouragement. To find those keys and those wallets was incredible. But to be able to give him a voice and to give him a story of encouragement was what we were there for. And so the worship team is going to come out and you're going to have a chance to respond today. And I don't want you to leave this place without giving God an opportunity to speak something into your own life. And maybe it's your own voice that you need to rediscover. Maybe it's considering what you say and, and what you allow for this world to speak into your life. Or maybe it's to realize that God is giving you a voice to speak positivity, to speak hope, and to speak his love and to someone else who's lost everything. But as we pray, and then as we have the opportunity to sing, you make the decision of what you want to do. If you feel like your response is to sing, then sing. If it's to sit in silence, then sit in silence. But do not leave this place without having given God an opportunity to speak into your life. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you so much for your voice. 
And whether we've chosen to plug our ears and ignore it, or we, we choose to listen and ask the hard questions of the, considering the weight of our own voice, Lord, I pray that today each and every one of us would consider the weight of what we say, why we say it, how we say it, that we would choose grace, that we would love people and see them not for their flaws, but see them for the ministry that God has planned for them. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us would walk out of this place being encouraged, not dwelling on the voice and the, the failures of their past, but seeking hope and the promise of what their future can be when we choose to allow for your voice to speak through us. Would you use us today, God, to be a difference for someone? Lord, I pray that each and every one of these people in this room and those joining us on, on, at home or wherever they might find us, I pray that you would speak something into their lives today. Lord, we'll give you all the praise and all the glory. It's your name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us for the First Naz podcast. If you're interested in what your next step in growing your relationship with God might look like, I'd encourage you to visit us at firstnaz.cc slash engage, or you can download our app from the App Store, First Nazarene Church. And there you can let us know if you've made a decision for Jesus, or you can also find practical resources to help you grow closer to Jesus. I'd also invite you to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already to make sure that you've always got the latest content. And if you want to, feel free to share this on your social accounts. You never know who else might need to hear today's message as well. Well, thanks again for joining us. Have a great day.